Have you ever noticed how quickly we can get what we want in today's world and how frustrated we get when we don't get what we want quickly in today's world? Let me give an example. Right now, I could go online, find something I want, and go to Amazon, buy it there, and get it two days later. I think that says a lot about our capacity to wait and, uh, and be patient for the things that we want and the things that we're trying to get. Let me give you another example. If I go to communicate with somebody and I have something that I want to tell somebody, uh, not so long ago, I had to write a letter and that later, letter might take months, weeks to go overseas or to go across the country or even maybe somewhere else in the state. But today, communication is accessible at the push of a button. I can send, I can receive uh, a message with just the push of one button in today's world. So I think that says a lot about our patience level in today's world. I think it says a lot about uh, the reality that we don't have to wait for things that we want. And instead, everything is so accessible and, and it's right at our fingertips, so easily on demand, and we don't really don't have to be patient for a lot of things that we want in today's world. But why is that important? Why does it matter if I'm patient? Uh, maybe you're one of those people that says, hey, I would gladly trade the convenience of two-day prime shipping for patience. I would gladly trade the idea that I need to be a patient person uh, for the idea that I could get something instantly, and it'd be way more convenient. But I think patience is still such a massive part of our character that needs molding and shaping every single day, and that's what I want to talk about today. That's what I want us to dive into today, and that's what I think James is going to show us today. But even then, you still might be a skeptical, and you might be asking the question, why? Why is that such a big deal? Why is patience something that needs molding every single day. I think it's because patience leads to our ability to endure through hard situations. Patience leads to our ability to endure through hard situations. Let me give an example. Uh, a lot of you might know there's a basketball player, basketball player back in the late 80s, early 90s, and his first name was Michael, um, last name Jordan, right? And what you may not know about Michael Jordan is that his sophomore year, of high school basketball, Michael Jordan was not even playing varsity basketball. Michael Jordan was put on the JV team. And in that moment, it'd be super easy for me to say, if I'm Michael Jordan, man, as a, as a sophomore and with a dream to go to the league, it would probably be wise of me to just say, hey, I'm going to shut it down. I'm going to go ahead and, and step back from this. Maybe this isn't my thing. Maybe this isn't my calling. Uh, and maybe it's not something I'm cut out for. But instead, Michael did the complete opposite. And Michael went on to be who we know, and many would argue, as one of the greatest basketball players, if not the greatest basketball player of all time. So how do you go from, hey, this may not be my thing, to the greatest at this thing that has ever played, right? How do you go from, man, I may be incompetent, to, wow, I can do this. I am not just really good at this. I am the best at this. And I think Michael's life is a great example of this. He was willing to be patient, and he was willing to endure through the hardships of sitting on the bench, the practices that said, uh, hey, you're not good enough. You need to be better. You need to try harder. And he was willing to go places that other athletes weren't willing to go in the middle of all those hardships and endure. And because of that, we have the Michael Jordan that we have today, one of the greatest basketball players, if not the greatest of all time, right? And here's my point. It's really easy for us to go to Amazon and get what we want. And it's really easy for me to pick up the phone at the click of a button and communicate with somebody. But here's what's not so easy. It's not so easy for me to fix a broken marriage in two days. And it's not so easy for me to teach my kids how to follow Jesus in one day. 
And it's not so easy for me to raise my kids to do the right thing and to know how to make the right decisions and to be in the right places in one day. Right? A lot of, for a lot of us, that takes 18 years. And even then, I know parents, um, I've sat with your kids. I know some of you, man, 18 years, but I wish I had a couple more. Right? Those things take time. They don't just happen instantly. And so I think we see, yes, the convenience of the quick-natured lives that we live, but I think we also see the need for patience in the midst of our lives because not everything is at our disposal that quick and not everything can be achieved or gotten at the snap of a finger, the push of a button, um, or clicking an online order, right? Those things take time and those things take patience. And I think our spiritual growth and maturity is the same way. It requires patience and it requires endurance. And that's what we're going to look at today. And that's our big idea today. The big idea is that the spiritual maturity, our spiritual maturity does not happen overnight. Our spiritual maturity is not something that you're going to wake up and, and you're going to say, hey, yesterday I'm a Christian, today I have got all the answers. This, just this week, uh, I was sitting in our communicators meeting with the rest of our pastors and I was thinking about this topic and I was thinking about this big idea and I was thinking, man, when I was a freshman in college and I was just figuring out this Jesus thing, I was thinking, oh my gosh, there is going to be a life full of nuggets, spiritual nuggets that I'm going to get to soak in and I'm going to get to absorb. And it's just going to be a lifelong journey of things that I can know and do. And what I've realized is that, hey, that's, that's not how that's worked. And I'm not just learning something new every day. And I'm not just perfecting uh, one day what I should be doing over the course of my life as a believer. But what I've found to be true is that just because I have information doesn't mean I'm walking with spiritual maturity and pursuing after Jesus. And so what I found is that, hey, just because I met Jesus in college, just because I figured this Jesus thing out in college doesn't mean um, that the next day I'm going to have all the right answers. And even if I did have all the right answers, that doesn't mean I was going to be living that out the way that I needed to. And that's one of the big things um, that I've realized through the series and through the course of uh, my young life already is that, man, there's so much to learn and one of the things that one of our uh, pastors said in that meeting is, hey, AJ, that's right, but I'm still learning. And he's much older than I am. And I'm not going to say his name because I just said he's much older than I am. Um, but that's one of the things that he says, hey, I'm still learning. You're still going to be learning. That stuff, uh, not only does it not come overnight, but it comes over the course of your relationship with Jesus as you learn, as you deal with pride, as you deal with things that are sinful, um, and as you begin to mature into a believer. And that's what I want this week's talk to do. I want us to talk about the importance of patience in the life of a believer, in your life, in my life. And so let's dive right in. I want to look at what James has to say about this this week, because this whole entire month, this whole entire series, we've been talking about the spiritual maturity um, that James is bringing to us and what that looks like practically, whether it looks like wisdom and godly wisdom or humility um, in our decisions and in how our actions look and, and all those things. And so this week, I want us to look at what James has to say about the idea of patience. If you have your Bible, I'll give you a second to flip there. If not, it's going to be right here on the screen um, as you guys follow along with me. But James chapter 5, verse 7 through 11, here we go. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruits of the earth and is patient with it until he receives the earthly, er, early and late rains. You must also be patient. Strengthen your hearts because the Lord's coming is near. Brothers and sisters, do not complain about one another, so you will not be judged. Look, the judge stands at the door. Brothers and sisters, take the prophets who spoke in the Lord's name as an example of suffering and patience. See, we count as blessed those who endured. You have heard of, Job, of Job's endurance and have seen the outcome that the Lord brought about. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. Man, that is 
uh, an awesome passage. And strategically, sometimes we try to highlight certain words so that you focus in on those certain words. Um, and you might have noticed in, those, in that passage, the words that were highlighted um, were words pertaining to the patience and the idea of endurance. And um, as we get unpacking this, I think what James is going to show us is that those two things are related. And patience is not separate from endurance. And endurance is not separated from patience when we look at our spiritual maturity in that idea. And so four times in these couple of verses, he mentions the word patience. Another three times, he mentions the idea of endurance and steadfastness. And the point he's trying to make is clear that we need to be patient and endure through these sufferings. But the question that we need to answer is this, and this is important. How can we as Christians experience this kind of patient endurance as we wait for the Lord's return? Okay, AJ, I get it. Patience is important. Okay, AJ, I get it. Um, I'm not going to have this thing figured out overnight, but how do I do that? How do I as a Christian get to grow and spiritually mature into the idea of a patient believer? How do I grow into somebody who's willing to endure hard things and not just say, man, it's difficult. I don't know that the Jesus thing is for me. I think I might just go ahead and tap out. How do we get to that place? How do we answer that question? Well, I'm glad you asked. So if we go through this passage again, I think we can break this thing down into three parts because he gives us three examples. And I love that he does because they're all super practical. Um, and so as we do this, I'm going to do my best to help you understand just like James' audience was understanding. And so if you remember all the way back to the first week we did this, um, what we talked about was that James' audience was before Christians, a Jewish audience, right? Before they were Christians, before they were Christ followers, they were Jewish. And so there's a lot of things that um, they would have understood that we might not understand right off the bat. And so I want to help explain that as best as I possibly can to you before we dive in. The first thing is this. The first thing is that these Jewish Christians were being suppressed because of their financial status. And so the wealthier parties um, in their region were suppressing them and, and telling them, hey, here's what you can do. Here's what you can't do. And Sure, it would have been easy for them to say, hey, we don't like this being picked on. Let's just rebel and let's just buck against the system. But if you remember a couple weeks ago, James has already told them, hey, human anger does not produce God's righteousness. So instead of reacting uh, poorly and reacting in anger, James says, hey, I want to compel you to do something else. I want to compel you in the middle of the situation, in the middle of the suffering, to be patient and to endure. And so if we look back at the text, here's the first way he does this. Verse 7. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the process or the precious fruit of the earth and is patient with it until he receives the early and late rains. You must also be patient. Strengthen your hearts because the Lord's coming is near. Brothers and sisters, do not complain about one another so you will not be judged. Look, the judge stands at the door. So this is super interesting because the first thing he mentions in regard to them being patient is a farmer. Why would he mention a farmer? Um, if you live, if you're, if you're in a city right now, you may not understand it. If you're, if you're living somewhere where there's more concrete than grass, then the concept of farming um, may be a little foreign to you. But I would even argue that our concept of farming, 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 uh, for those of you that don't live in a concrete jungle, is still foreign to what James is talking about. See, in their context and in their region, they understood that there was a rainy season and a dry season. Right? And the rainy season took place from November to February. And so that was their peak growth season. But what they had to do between February and November was they had to make sure that everything was ready to go and they had to prepare for when that rain did come. And so between February and November, things were dry and that's when they would put their seed in the ground and they would patiently wait for the November rains in that rainy season to go ahead and begin to cultivate um, the harvest and, and the roots of those seeds so they would come up and they would have food and they would have grain and they would have crops. 
personally, that resonates with me a little bit right now because my wife and I just planted our little acre field in uh, millet and sunflowers. And if I'm being totally honest with you, this is my first go at planting something of that magnitude. Sure, I've stuck seeds in the ground and we all had that elementary school project, right, where we're responsible for like a kidney bean plant and we watch it in the clear cup. But this is like my first go at, hey, uh, we're like legitimately going to try to plant something. And so my buddies come over and we, we till the ground, we prep everything, and we start spreading seed and we go over it again and the next day comes. And there's no rain, so I'm out there like a madman finding every hose that I can, trying to hook them up to a sprinkler, and I'm putting them out there. And I got sprinklers shooting everywhere, and every 30 minutes, uh, my wife's watching me walk out there and readjust the sprinkler because I see a little patch of dry dirt, and I'm kind of paranoid. And so I go through that the first day, and I go back out there the next morning, and I'm thinking, all right, the seed, the seed was kind of shallow. There should be something there. And I go out there, and there's nothing. No buds, no green, just dirt. So I'm kind of bummed. I go back inside, tell Katie, hey, there's nothing yet. Not that she really cares, to be totally honest with you. I'm sure I was driving her nuts at this point, but nothing the first day. We get rain the first night, so I'm like, this is great. I don't have to worry about the sprinkler systems. God is going to water the crops. Everything's going to go great, and I go back out there day two. Just dirt, nothing. No buds, nothing coming out of the ground. Super bummed. The same thing happens again. We get great rain the next night, and day three comes by. Now, mind you, I know good and well the crop that I just put in the ground it's supposed to take 60 to 65 days to mature for one of them and the next one a whole 120 days. I go out there on day four and I come in the house and I am upset and I'm telling Katie, hey, what's going on? It's not budding. Do we have bad soil? What's happening? And she kind of reminded me, hey, I don't think it's just going to come up right away. And I said, you know, you're right. It's going to take a little while. And I had to learn in that moment, hey, be patient. This is not an Amazon order. You don't get to just order the plant out of the ground. I can't just push a button to make that happen. And so this idea of patience, um, while we understand it with the farming, I would say is even greater for them because they had a small season in Florida where we're at right now. It's raining all the time, every day. You could be a meteorologist, be 20% right and have a phenomenal job as a meteorologist in Florida. But over there, they had a certain season that they had to wait and that they had to be patient with. And so that's the first example he gives. He says, hey, guys, be patient. And he uses this farming illustration. Here's the next one, the second one that he mentions in verse 10. Brothers and sisters, take the prophets who spoke in the Lord's name as an example of suffering and patience. And so remember, he's speaking to a primarily Jewish audience. And what this Jewish audience knows for certain is what a prophet is. They know that, hey, this was their lifeline. This is how they connected and talked to God as Jewish people. They would listen to the prophets. And so he uses this prophet as an example because he's saying, hey, take the prophets who spoke in the Lord's name as an example of suffering and patience. As suffering because here's the reality that they had kings like Ahab who were oppressing their people and they're oppressing God's people. And they were having a hard time and a difficult time dealing with that reality. Um, but the beautiful part about that is while those kings were suppressing them, while those kings were treating them poorly, treating God's people poorly, we can look back at history and say, hey, no, even in the middle of all that, even in the middle of all that turmoil, look at how the prophets remained faithful. And when we read our Bibles now, the names that we remember are not the Ahabs, but they're the Elijahs and the Isaiahs, because they remained faithful even in the middle of that suffering, even when God said, hey, here's what's coming, and they didn't get to see that for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. They remained faithful. And so the first example he gives us, he says, hey, just like you guys farm, be patient. It's not going to happen overnight. Hey, just like God has promised the prophets and saw it through, God has promised you this. Be patient. He will see it through. And in that, next, or in that previous verse, he tells them, hey, it's going to happen. 
Be patient. God is coming back. He is going to be faithful with that. And then here's the third thing. Here's the third example that he gives, and it's the example of Job in verse 11. And he says, See, we count as blessed those who endure. We've heard of Job's endurance and have seen the outcome that the Lord brought about. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. Man, this verse is loaded and I'm going to do my best to to take a stab at this and unpack this. But um, he said, hey, look at Job. Job has endured. Job was was patient. And if you know your Bible pretty good, then you're probably like, no, Job whined a lot. And and Job was kind of impatient. Um, But because Job saw saw that through to the end, what the Jewish people knew about Job is they had uh, this story called the Testament of Job. And in the Testament of Job, Job is the epitome of the idea of perseverance. Yes, he complains and yes, he whines, but at the end of the day, he still endures and he still perseveres through all the things um, that he had to deal with, that, that God allowed Satan to test him with. Losing family, losing crops, losing animals, losing livestock, losing a livelihood, losing everything. Yeah, I think I would complain a little bit too, but Job still endured through all that and saw it to the other side. And the beautiful part about that is now we look back at the story of Job and we say, wow, that is, the, that is the idea of perseverance that we want. I guarantee you the people that were around Job, nearsighted in that moment, looking at what was happening to Job, probably thought the complete opposite. Job's not persevering. Job's sitting over there in sackcloth and ashes, right? Job is not, Job is not seeing this through the end. He's not persevering. He's not enduring. But that's what happens when we get nearsighted. When we get nearsighted, we run the risk of saying, man, I'm not patient. What if Job just tapped out? What if Job just said, hey, man, I can't deal with this anymore? I need to get out of here. I need, I need to stop and sever this relationship with God because that's not a God that loves me. And there's so many doubts that could have run through Job's mind that would have sent him out and not persevered through the middle of all those hardships, but he did. And that's why they use him as an example because it's, hey, it's not about being nearsighted. We're playing the long game here. We're trusting that God is going to be faithful like he has been throughout this entire process and that one day he's going to come back for us. And that's what all this suffering, that's when all of it is going to be completely worth it. And that's when all of this is going to manifest itself when we finally get to be with Jesus. But here's the problem. If we don't do that, if we stay nearsighted, then we, we get in trouble, right? Without an eternal perspective, our patience is going to be short-lived. If we're living for that circumstantial moment, if, if these people that James is writing to is saying, man, I don't know, James, we're, we're under a lot of fire right now and I don't know if I should hang on to this Jesus thing or if I should push through to the end of it or, or what, then they're going to be in a lot of trouble and, and they're not going to be able to let their faith see them through to the other side. And that's the reality that we deal with today too, right? As Christians, there's going to be things that we suffer with and there's going to be hard times in our relationship with Jesus and there's going to be moments where our faith takes a hit. But we're not living for the circumstantial outcome of that moment. What we're living for and what we're fixing our eyes on is that eternal perspective. Because that eternal perspective is the thing that's going to draw our patience out. It's the thing that's going to allow us to endure throughout the whole process. Because if we stay short-sighted and we stay short-minded, then it's going to be really easy for us to tap out. And that is not what Jesus wants for you. We say all the time, hey, we want something from, we don't want something from you. We want something for you. And that's because Jesus wants something for you. And Jesus wants you to be able to see that through to the end. Jesus wants you to know, man, if you can just, if you can just persevere, if you can just hold on, if you can just be patient and endure through those hardships, through the things that you think are so terrible right now, then it'll be worth it. Because at the end of the day, I'm worth it. And I get to be with you. And so that's what James is reminding of them, reminding them of. But the best part 
is this. The best part is this, that the Lord is compassionate and merciful. And here's why this is the best part. Because in the middle of all those hardships, it is so difficult. And, and I deal with this, and I'm sure you deal with this. It is so difficult for us to say, man, I am going to persevere perfectly. I am going to do this the right way. I'm never going to doubt God. I'm never going to walk away from the things that I know to be true. I'm never going to make a mistake because I was short-sighted. No, the reality is that um, a lot of these people that were given examples of did that. And the reality of that um, is the beauty in that last verse where it says, The Lord is compassionate and merciful. And that's this encouragement that James is ending this section with. He's ending this part of the letter and he's saying, Hey, Look, I know patience is going to be hard. I know endurance is going to be hard. And when it is and when you mess up, don't, don't let that be the end-all be-all, but keep pushing on because the Lord is compassionate and merciful even in our blemishes, even when we mess up, even when we get short-sighted. And that should be a giant encouragement to you. And that's kind of what I want our takeaway today to be. This is our takeaway. You don't have to have perfect patience to endure. You do not have to have perfect patience to endure. But you do have to have patience to endure. We're going to mess up. We're going to slip up. There's going to be moments of doubt. There's going to be moments of fear. There's going to be moments uh, where we say, man, that looks like a better option than what God is offering. And what I want to encourage you to do and I want to implore you to do and I want to plead with you to do is push through those moments. Know that, hey, you might mess up, but when you do and you get short-sighted, God is still compassionate and merciful and you don't have to be perfect with your patience. But you can still see that through and you can still endure on the other side of that. And so that's what I want to encourage you with because I think that's what James is ending the section with. Yeah, he kind of comes down a little firm and he tells them, hey guys, come on, you know better. You know better. Look at all the examples before you. But even though you know better, you're going to mess up. And when you do, man, know that God is compassionate and merciful and you don't have to have it all figured out. It's not all going to be easy going, right? And, and no one ever said it would. In fact, James says back in the first chapter of the book, the very first message we did, right, that there's going to be trials. There will be trials. And when there are, you should consider it joy. And that seems kind of counterintuitive, right? Why would I find joy in the middle of my trials? And I think that first verse, this, James is revisiting that first chapter. James is saying, hey, hey, let me just end with a quick reminder real quick. And, and this is what he said in that first chapter. He said, hey, just endure and consider it joy when these hard things hit you. Because if you can endure, here's what's going to happen. Endurance is going to have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. Let me kind of walk through it one more time. If you can just be patient, right? If you can just fix your eyes on the Lord and know that these things are temporary and that God is eternal then we can endure. If we can get our perspective there, then we can endure. And if we can endure, we're gonna, it's going to have its full effect and we are going to end up spiritually mature and complete. Probably not while you're wearing skin, but when you get to be with Jesus one day, you are going to be mature and complete because you're going to be glorified and you're going to be with Him forever. And that's what James is saying in chapter 5. He's saying, hey, just hold on. Just see it through because if you can see it through, God's going to be faithful. He is waiting. He is compassionate. He is merciful. And His coming is near. So hold on. Run that race. Don't quit. Keep fighting. Keep pursuing Him. Keep being patient. Keep enduring. Um, and it'll all be worth it one day. Because if we put our eternal perspective on, when that's all over and done with, we're going to get to be with Jesus forever. And that is something to be encouraged by. That is something to look forward to. That is something that really helps me push through those moments of suffering uh, and trials and tribulations that happen in my life as a Christian. And so I hope it's the same thing for you. And that's my encouragement for you today. If you can push through, then Jesus will be the prize at the end of that race for you.
And maybe this is like a new conversation to you. Maybe maybe you are a new Christian and, and you're like, I'm probably more like the AJ in college who like yesterday figured everything out and had no idea what tomorrow was going to look like. That's okay. Um, what I want to encourage you with is that the more you continue to pursue Jesus, the more you're probably going to deal with things that are difficult in your life. And that's okay too, because as you deal with those things, uh, the beauty of that is you're going to end up mature and complete when you see them through. And so I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to push past that. And then maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe, maybe this is the first time you're hearing this. Maybe this is the first time you're tuning in with us online and you're saying, how does this relate to me? You just said he was talking to a bunch of Christians. Here's how it relates to you. You're probably going to deal with a lot of difficult things too, whether you're in a relationship with Jesus or not. You're probably going to deal with a broken marriage. You're probably going to deal with a broken household. You're probably going to deal with the outcomes of sin in your life too at some point, or maybe you already have and you've already felt that brokenness. What I want to encourage you with today is that Jesus, the same thing he's extending to them is the same thing that he wants to extend to you. That you can have that relationship, that you can have that eternal perspective too, uh, so long as you fix your eyes on him. And you may not know what that looks like, and that's okay, because here's the beautiful part about what we do at the online campus. We have someone waiting right now that wants to have that conversation with you, that wants to flesh that out, that wants to show you what that looks like. And we have someone waiting right now that wants to pray with you, and that wants to say, hey, I know that you don't have this all figured out, but I'm going to pray for that. Or for the Christian, hey, I know that you said you're dealing with some really hard things. Let's pray for that. Let me, let me know that you have or let me let you know that you have someone in your corner that wants something for you right now, that wants Jesus for you right now. Click on that live prayer button. That's what we're here for. And maybe you attend a different campus and this is just a, a week that you're tuning in online because you're on vacation or you still don't feel comfortable going out in public. That's okay. Reach out to your, online, or your campus pastor. We have a connect card on our website, and it's an awesome opportunity for you to go on there, easily fill it out, and say, hey, Pastor Chip, Pastor Eddie, this is what I'm struggling with today, and this is what I need help with. Go to that connect card, fill that out on our website, and they'll be awesome um, and glad to follow up with you in that request. That's what I have for you today, and I want to encourage you, and I want to leave you with that encouragement. But before I go, I want to pray for you right now. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much that your word is just full of encouragement. Thank you so much um, that in the middle of this consumer society where everything's at our fingertips, your word brings us back to the idea of patience um, and enduring through that because you're, you're not come yet. You have not come yet, but you will. In the middle of that waiting, though, there's going to be hard things, and you want something for us, and so you've encouraged us with this word from James. And so I pray that these people that are listening today online, I pray that you would just encourage them with that and let them know that that's the same thing you want for them today. I pray that you would give them patience. I pray that you would give them an extra ounce of compassion and patience in their lives as they deal with hard things and as they walk through hard things. And if they've been neglecting a hard situation uh, because it would probably stretch their patience, I pray that you would give them the patience to deal with that and to hit that head on this week, Father. We love you and we're so grateful for you. We're so grateful you're compassionate. In Jesus' name, amen.